everybody would ask me, so when, when, did you, when did you go to Germany? And my answer is always the same. If you look back and you find the day that Rhine Mine Air Base was bombed by Libya, that's mm-hmm. the day I landed in Germany. Oh, my god! I gosh. landed in Germany <gasps> two hours prior to that bombing, but in Frankfurt. Yep. Never forget it. <laughs> wow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Origin Story. This is Alex, and today I have a special guest. Hi. Who's that? Well, I wonder. That's one of my best friends, Rhonda. Say hi, Rhonda. Hi, Rhonda. I, why do they always do that to me? <laughs> anyway, welcome to What's Your Origin Stories. It's the podcast where we talk about your stories, the stories that make you, the stories that break you, the stories that make you smile, the stories that make you laugh, and sometimes they make you cry, but they are our origin stories, and that's what this is about. So today, you might be wondering why we have Rhonda here today. Well, I'm the bestie. That's right, but Rhonda's got a lot of stories. and um, I do. You really do. You're going to be on here multiple times. Because I've been a lot of places. That's right. <laughs> well, today, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a military wife and have your husband off on active duty while you are shipped to a whole new place. Oh, yes. Fun times. Yeah, by yourself. Because that's not an experience I'm terribly familiar with. My dad was um, in the Air Force, but I mean, I did move a lot as a kid, but it's I don't think it's a quite the same experience. Now, before we get into that, we're going to talk about a few just, you know, like we do bantery things. Oh, yeah. Right? What were we just talking about? What news stories? We were talking about the uh, wolves in Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. Bringing toys back to, to their, their pups. To their den and their <laughs> their pups. It's so cute. They're raiding uh, campsites and whatnot and uh, stealing stuff from there. Right? Can, can you imagine, though? When <laughs> your family, you've got a you know maybe a six or seven-year-old that's attached to that one toy. They right. can't <laughs> live without... And they go to take a hike or go see the site. They come back and gone. the toy's gone. Mm-hmm. And the parents are blaming each other for not packing it. When actually? It's just wolves. They wanted to take it to the... They're like, you know what? I know somebody who'd appreciate that more. My yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Wyatt was definitely like that. He always had a stuffed animal that if he lost, he would lose. He, like, he couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Like he would, and even if he forgot it over at grandma and grandpa's, he would get up after we put him in yeah. bed and he'd be like, mommy, I don't know why. I just, I, I can't stop thinking about my stuffed animal not being safe. Grandma and grandpa yeah. have it. And, I, and I'd have to reach him. So we always had to pack extra. So when we yeah. go on vacation, like that would never have happened because I would have had an extra stuffed away somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's stories of my mom telling me that I had one particular toy kiki monkey is what it was called it looks like the dog named kiki it was a sock monkey oh right and one would get wore out because she would wash it constantly but then it would start to fall apart yeah well she had several kiki monkeys hidden away in her closet yeah that's what a good parent i would have a good kiki monkey until i finally (laughs) didn't have one anymore so, yeah. Yeah, you always, well, you know, when you have kids that are, like, really attached like that, you have to have multiples. Well, my boys were. My boys yeah. were always very attached to their stuff. They still are. I mean, at 20 and 27, they're still attached to, we still have a few of their Oh, yeah, I things. kept them. Yeah. And the boys will say, that was mine. 
And why is it in your closet? And I'm Uh, like, well, because it was yours and I don't want it to get lost. Right. (laughs) I I have a bunch of stuff like that for the boys too. I, and why it's like until, because we always had to hide his little stuffed animals that he would lose all the time, random places throughout the house. So he wouldn't find Mm -hmm. the multiple of it. So not that long ago, I found a few of them still wrapped. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was, he would always forget where he put it. Weston, not so much. Weston always kept track of his. He knew. Oh, yeah. And he only liked one, like Wyatt liked every single one. But Weston was like, nope, I just like. One particular. That's it. But he's still like that now, though. He's very particular. He's very particular to his things. Yeah. He likes one particular or two particular. That's (laughs) it. Where Wyatt now is, he's moved on where he likes multiples, but they're multiples of the same type of things. Same type of genre, but different. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, but now Wes is, he's dependable that way. <laughs> yeah, he's hes a very loyal to the one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you know, like when you have kids and you can totally see yourself in some of the things mm-hmm. that they do and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess. Because I can be very particular too. And I'm like, oh, man, I get that. Oh, yeah. When he does I stuff. Mean, with mine, you know, Tyler, he's the oldest, but with his issues that he lives with, he's always been very particular about his stuff. Mm. And then Mason being the youngest, he would get fixated on one thing for a time period. Like he was fixated on dinosaurs for a while. And then it was monster trucks. But then in the second grade, it was the Titanic. Oh yeah. Until he was like, until like almost the fifth grade. And so we still have, because my dad got him a model of the Titanic that was supposed to be built by an adult. But he got it for him when he was like, eight and so brian tried putting it together for him until mason told him that he was going to put it in our pool and make an (laughs) iceberg and smash it into it to see if it would sink and break apart like the titanic brian put it back in the box and it is still to this day up in our closet he's like no it's not what we're doing with that son but like we're not crashing and sinking no because when you start putting those things together i remember uh because i have boys and so I would have to put the Lego things together, and I hated it. Oh, well, this isn't even Lego. This is this is like the glue yeah. my, where you need to have brother. the magnifying glass to yeah. take the tweezers to pull the string through to make what is supposed to be cables. Yeah. Yeah, Brian's like, no, I'm not doing that for him to sink it. No, <laughs> yes, my, I don't think so. my brother and my dad both made models like that, mm-hmm. and my brother loved it. I never quite got that. Like, my, my really, the building portion for me was when I had boys and they they would make me build Lego stuff and I would get so frustrated because yeah. I'm like I hate this and then why he was so cute he was like three or four one day and I was getting so frustrated he goes mommy take a deep breath count to 10 it's not that big a deal is this a big deal it's not a big deal mommy take a breath <laughs> and he was talking like you know when he would get yeah. mad all the things that we had done you would tell him and he had his hand on my shoulder and he's like no just take a deep breath count to 10 mommy and yeah. it was so funny I was like oh okay uh, yeah, all right, I can calm down. Well, Tyler really gets Legos still to this day, and oh, he my has a love hard time. Still. Well, Tyler loves them, but he still has a really hard time putting them together, so we end up helping him. And he's like, I'm like, we're not buying that because we know we're going to be the ones helping you put it together. And he's like, no, I can do it. I'm like, no. He goes, well, then Mason can help me. <laughs> yeah, I'm at the point now, though, to where some of those Lego ones I kind of want. Like, I want the Marilyn Monroe, Andy Warhol yeah, um, Lego yeah. set. Well, I like oh, the one cool. of, of the mid, Midsummer Night's Dream, mm, the no, Van Gogh. Oh. The Van Gogh. I know. I don't know that one. Or Starry Night. Oh, excuse Star- me. Starry <laughs> Night. I don't know why I'm calling Speaking it. Speaking of which. I'm thinking of Shakespeare because. Yeah, I know because they're English class. Because yeah. of English class. Yeah, they have know. to read that play this year. Um, 
But I do, do you see my glasses? That's why I was. Do you see my glasses? You know, yeah. I ha- so I have those magnetic glasses that you can change the toppers out. But so I found this because if you have those kinds of glasses, there's all these Facebook groups where all these artists like they make all different toppers that are different than the ones that they sell in the official store. And so they have Van Gogh, but they don't have Starry Starry Night, which I really mm-hmm. wanted. So the one that I have on now, the girl hand paints. It's cool, mm-hmm. right? It is. It's really cool. It's my first time wearing it. I like it. them. Oh my gosh. They're so pretty. I love I was going to ask you when I, I, after we sat down, I looked, I was like, oh, those, those look new. Cause yeah. usually you show me all of them, but I have, I have like, well, I mean, I have so many, but I, I have had this for a couple of weeks now and the girl, she's like, can you send me a picture of you with them on? So um, but this is my first time wearing them. I love them. And they're hand-painted. It's mm-hmm. Starry Starry Night by Van Gogh, who I love I'm going to have to snap a picture of you really while cool. you're doing this podcast <laughs> right. so that she can... <laughs> right. Well, I I took one right before we came up because I was like, oh, I better Selfie. send it to her, right? I know. Like, Selfie. I hate, I hate selfies. Um, it's the curse of the modern world, right? Selfie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let's take a selfie. Of course. Yeah. And filters. Gotta love a good oh, filter. love a good filter. I love the animal filters. Yeah, I saw. So there, the thing that's circulating again is that guy. We're probably bantering too much, but um, it's my best friend. Of course, we're going to banter. Um, so it's it's the guy who the lawyer who was in a court case that had the cat filter on his face. And oh, like, okay, so like, through the Zoom meeting yeah, where said, he had the cat on. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And he, he had figure out how to get it. he had to keep saying, "I'm not really a cat. That's not. I, I it's my filter. I can't figure out how to shut it off. And it was so, like nobody thinks you're cats are not. But it was a kitten face. Yeah. And so it would move with his eyes. Mm-hmm. So you, it was so funny. But the whole court case, like, so it's back. Yeah, it's the judge, oh, yeah. the lawyer, the person who's mm-hmm. in, you know, and then it was him. And yeah, he's the cat. But he's why he felt that he had to keep telling people, "I'm not a cat. I'm not really a cat. <laughs> not really a cat." You're like, no, they they know, sir. If, Maybe the wow. uh, what is it the. Uh, the board for being a lawyer may need to look into him right? a little bit if he thinks right? that he might Seriously. be a cat. That's a, that's a little problematic. I mean, that's a little questionable. I don't know if I would want him to be my attorney. Right? Well, that's a beautiful segue because speaking of um, being uh, going through a mental crisis, right? Let's talk about being a military wife and uh, what that's like. So It's, uh, it's crazy. Well... So, Rhonda, tell us, because it, this didn't just start with you getting married, right? Because no, Because no. you actually come from yeah. a military family. My stepdad was in the Army as well, so I grew up around the military. My stepdad was in the Army, and so we left Kentucky, where I had grown up my entire life and lived, and when I was in the sixth grade, we moved to Germany. Oh, wow. Um, it was in the 80s. It was in 85. Like, that's traumatizing. Wait, by the way, like, junior high? Yeah. Moving? That's- yeah. Yeah. Traumatizing. Well, back when I was still in elementary school, fifth grade was the end, and then you went to middle school in sixth grade. So I was moving, Mm. but when we got to Germany, sixth grade was elementary school still. Oh. In seventh grade, you went to the high school. Okay. So that was also... Plus, you're going to a different country. You don't know the language. No. Oh, my gosh. You know, you don't have any family other than... You know, I just had my parents. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. So that in itself was, you so, know, wait, a lot. When you went to the school, like, was it a school that um, was for the other military kids? Yes. Yes. Okay. The school was on the base. It was the okay. school I went to in Germany was on the base. We did not live on the base, though. Most of the families live in military housing, either yeah. on the post, because for army, it's a post. Mm. Um, 
they either live on post or they live in the military housing complexes that were owned by the government okay that were off the post but it was all americans Mm -hmm. okay but they were closer to the base we lived about five six miles from the post and we lived above above a german guest house which is like a german restaurant slash bar oh nice um the owner had four apartments in his building upstairs and he rented three to americans and then his son lived in one okay so luckily we had american um, neighbors but we had other americans that lived around us yeah um, so I had kids my age, but again, didn't meet them until school started because you don't meet oh, them until you're like yeah. at the bus stop and you go, oh, you're new. But because we're all in that same situation, you're all new. You're all new. Yeah. You bond very quickly. Yeah. When you're in uh, overseas like that. Because, Especially that age. Yeah. Because that's all you have. Yeah. You know, because that is a, a big time. In kids' lives, oh, you yeah. know, middle school, high school. It can be very traumatizing. It can be a lot. Yeah. And, you know, and I was new to being in the military. Mm. Some of these kids had grown up in it their entire lives. Okay. And so they could see a new kid. They were like, oh, you're new at this. <laughs> <laughs> you're green. I mean, I never rode a school bus before. What? Until I moved to Germany. You never rode a school bus? No. Because we were in walking distance of my school. Wow. So I walked to school. Okay. Or my mom or my granny would pick me up from school if it was raining. We never, I never rode a bus. Wow. And so that was different. All the new, new. Yeah. I mean, I had that too going on. Uh. Um, But I made some lifelong friends. We Mm. are still friends to this day. We keep in touch. We try to see each other every couple of years. Um, We're still very close. Yeah, that's cool. You know, so that's, but I think it's because of... I, you know, yeah, there, I do know other military kids that, that mm-hmm. grew up like that, and they have friends, you know, if they were in Korea or wherever they mm-hmm. were, that they still kept, in, not a lot, but they have quite a few. You oh, know, yeah. That they, and I think it's, it's, yeah, it must be incredibly bonding because you're all sort of in that situation together, and you're yeah. all the same age or kind of close well, in age. Well, and when we all lived there, there was a lot of change and a lot of controversy in the world going on, kind of like there is now. Because when I lived there, it was 85. So the wall. And so the wall was still up. Oh, it hadn't yeah. come down. So Ooh. the mark rate was amazing. Wow. Um, and as an adult, I understand what that means now. You know, when you move there in the sixth grade, you don't really know yeah. what it means. But now I get it. Um, the candy. Wow. Oh my gosh, the candy is amazing. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's the one How's thing I miss the most. It's not as sweet. I, I mean, it's not as sweet in other- as. In any country you go to, the desserts are totally different. Oh, yeah. Vietnamese desserts are, well, well largely food, it's fruit. Their but. food is amazing. But um, everybody would ask me, so when, when, did you, when did you go to Germany? And my answer is always the same. If you look back and you find the day that Rhein-Main Air Base was bombed by Libya, that's mm-hmm. the day I landed in Germany. Oh, my I gosh. I landed in Germany <sighs> two hours prior to that bombing, but in Frankfurt. Yep. Never forget it. <laughs> wow. Because my stepdad went to Rhein-Mine because he thought our flight was coming in there and not to the commercial airport in Frankfurt. And so he had to leave Rhein-Mine and go to the Frankfurt commercial airport, the international airport, to pick us wow. up. And on our way driving to our town, uh, which we lived in Babenhausen, is when we heard on the radio what happened. Oh, my god! And he had to literally drop me and my mom off at our new little apartment yeah. and leave and go into work. What? Yeah. 
crazy. So um, I'm curious, how many places did you just stay in Germany and just sort of travel around there? Where else have you lived? That's, you know, uh, overseas, uh, overseas, I've only lived in Germany. Okay. Um, and we didn't really travel much over there because of some of the conflicts going on okay. at the time. But I've lived in, I'm from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, you can hear it. Yeah. I, it comes she, out she every tells, now and then. How do you, how do you say um, Louisville? Uh, Louisville. <laughs> She has to Louisville? teach me. I'm always like, Louisville? No, it's Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, she's got a shirt that has a different phonetic. Yes, it's got um, different ways. It's got a phonetic key on there. To, yeah. <laughs> to help people so they pronounce it correctly. It's right. Louisville. Okay. Um, but I have lived in southern Indiana because a lot of my family moved from the um, from Hazard, Kentucky, is where my family originated from. And then my grandparents moved. You mean the Dukes of Hazard? Everybody says that. <laughs> Everybody. Even my son. I have to correct him, too. <laughs> It, it's funny. No, Dukes of Hazard actually is uh, in Georgia. Okay. It's not in... Where in Georgia? I don't know. I don't know either. But I do know it's supposed to have been re- in Georgia, even though Hazard, Kentucky, and Hazard County is in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and we joke with my family because we're like, yeah, we were on that show because I have an uncle named Roscoe. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Roscoe Pico train. Yeah, Roscoe Pico. Oh, train. Wait. <laughs> I love me some Dukes of Hazard though. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite oh, yeah. shows. Oh, I used to love that um, when I was little. So Kentucky, Indiana, Germany, uh, Virginia. When we came back from Germany, we were Virginia. stationed at what we called Fort Useless, Virginia. Uh, it's actually Fort Eustis uh, in Newport News. Um, spent a lot of time at the beach, Virginia mm. Beach, and at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. Oh, yeah. um, I lived there until I was going into my senior year of high school. Mm. And then my senior year, both the summer going into my senior year, we moved to Oklahoma to Fort Sill. Okay. Um, and there I stayed for a very long time and then moved back and to Kentucky. Okay. And then met my husband and moved back to Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then from there went back, back to, to Kentucky yeah. to oh, wow. be at Fort Knox. And then my husband went to his first overseas deployment um, to Iraq, mm. and then when he came back, we spent time at Fort Knox. Then we got a he got a job working at uh, Davis Mothin Air Force Base in Tucson. Okay, um, and then when he came to Florida to be at um, McDill mm-hmm. Air Force Base. Sorry, I had a brain freeze for a moment. <laughs> um, he dropped us off. He was here for a few months, and then he went to Afghanistan. And then he came home and was told he had to retire thanks to the military budget cuts. Mm. But he also had some injuries too, right? Well, he he's some- got several several things that he uh, has as far as disabilities are concerned from yeah. being in the military. So yeah. yeah, which a lot of people who've been in the military, if they've been um, in a war zone or yeah. if they've been in as long as my husband has, they will have things that just being in the military breaks your body down. Sure. It, well, down. also emotionally. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So when, well, I can't even imagine like having my spouse go off to a war zone. Like, so it's, it's you, you different. Move, you move someplace that's brand new. Mm-hmm. And, um, so do you typically, when you, when you've been to those places as an adult, after mm-hmm. you got married, um, would you live on base or would you have housing outside of, and do they help you with housing if you're outside of the base? Well, it really depends on okay. where you're at and if you're going to be staying where you're stationed when they're deployed. Because when they're deployed, they're deployed with a unit usually from where you're living. Okay. 
Um, so like when we were stationed at Fort Sill, a lot of our friends deployed from Fort Sill with the units from Fort Sill. Okay. So their family stayed. And if they were already in base housing, they stayed in base housing. If they were off base, they stayed in their house. Um, if they had a hardship and needed to be in base housing, that was something that uh, their command and the chaplain services and the Red Cross could talk to the base to see if they could get them into okay. housing. Um, and a lot of people would choose to go home because mm. being having your spouse deployed yeah. and having to do it all on your own isn't With for... kids. Well, yeah, and it's not for everybody. Yeah. And some, some spouses find that out the hard way, okay. and they may stay there for part of the deployment and then leave until their spouse comes back. Others, you know, try to stick it out. I got lucky because before Brian deployed to Iraq, he was going with what was called a TT team, which is a transition team, mm -hmm. helping the Iraq train their military um, to be border guards. Okay. And they're not stationed at a base. Hmm. So wherever you were when your spouse was chosen to go on those teams is where you stay okay. or you go home. So you're kind of on your own if you stay where you're at because there's not really a unit for you. Okay. So, but I got lucky because when Brian got selected, we knew we were already going to Fort Knox when he came back. So Fort Knox allowed us to go ahead and move ah. because... Tyler was on what's called the EFMP program, which is an exceptional family members program, which is for people who have children that, or uh, family members that have some type of disability or medical issue that has to be addressed on a regular basis. Okay. And since Tyler was a member of the EFMP because yeah. of all of his issues, um, it allowed us to go ahead and move, and we qualified to move into um, the housing on post. And that then we were only 35 minutes from my family. Oh, nice. So for me, his first deployment was nice because yeah. I had family close by. So my mom could come stay with us for the weekend. We could go down there. Um, so it really helped. That helps, yeah. You know, it helped that time. It still, it doesn't change the fact that your spouse is gone yeah. and that they're in a war zone. The one thing that we tell everybody if their spouse is deployed do not watch the news and do not read newspapers mm. because what mm. is put out is not what's really going on and it's not healthy for you to see that because then all it does is make you worry when unless you've heard from your husband or your husband's unit you don't need that added stress to your life because just being on your own yeah is enough i'm sure so yeah it, so I didn't know that like it's it's a team that, mm -hmm. that you take from that area. So that actually helps too, doesn't it? Because at least you have the support of each the other spouses. That no, because the oh. the transition team they were from all different okay, places. Oh, yeah, oh. sorry, I didn't explain it well yeah. enough. <laughs> no, no, sorry. no, the transition team. There was uh, one lady. Um, they were stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. There was others in uh, Texas. A couple oh, that were from uh, a base in uh, Washington. Okay. At Fort Lewis. Um, I guess not then. So, yeah, there was his team over. was from all over okay. the place. Um, and then they bring them together. So then us wives, we all communicated by phone, email, because oh. um, we knew our husbands were all together. So yeah. we kind of made our own what they call family readiness group Okay, um, to talk to each other to kind of 
keep each other's spirits up because some were handling it better than others Um, because we did have a few spouses that didn't handle it very well. We had one spouse that actually got very ill and found out that she had cancer right before they came home, and so that was difficult. Um, But we all rallied around and tried to, you know, I found out while Brian was deployed that our youngest son was hearing impaired Mm. and was going to have to have hearing aids. That's just one of those things that, you know, I had to do on my own. But you have to do it. You can't. You know, yeah, you can't not do you it. You can't but. not. I had two kids that I had to still get up every morning and get them to school and do my day to day. And wow. my nighttime was my nighttime too. I could cry. I could. It sounds email. exhausting. Like it sounds it emotionally exhausting. exhausting. It is exhausting. It is. Too. It is. It's very exhausting. There's a lot of times that my mom would take my boys just so I could have an hour or two to myself because. You just want to go to the store by yourself. Yeah, and you can't because it's just you. Yeah, you just want to sit in your living room by yourself, you know? Yeah. And that's when even having those friends I was saying that I met in Germany, they one of them flew in during a snowstorm while Brian was in Iraq so that three of us could get together to go celebrate one of our birthdays. But she flew in during a snowstorm. I mean, I was out trying to clear snow just so I could get her. You know, she had to take a cab because I couldn't even get to the airport. Wow. Um, And then by the time we drove down to Fort Campbell, where our other friend was, the roads were clear, and we spent the weekend together. But it's those friendships that even though none of us Mm. live close to each other, we'll find a chance to try to see one another. That's good. But... uh, it, it, it can be difficult. I'm sure. So how long, when he gets deployed, um, how long is he, t- is there a, a certain time that they're deployed for? It depends on the branch. Okay. That's the funny thing. Army is usually always deployed 12 months, mm. is, is, is their usual. Okay. Um, other branches, six months. Other branches, 10. Um, but usually for the Army, it's always 12. 12. 12 months. Wow. Now, Brian had three months of training leading up to going to Iraq, so we actually were apart for 15. Oh, fun. And he Whoa. deployed on Tyler's birthday. Oh. So he called him on the way to the airport when they were in the van, his whole team wished Tyler a happy birthday. And, of course, we didn't tell Tyler that that's where he was going Yeah. because we knew, you know, I knew my boys didn't need to worry at the time. They were too young to really understand. They just knew they were getting to talk to their dad for his birthday. Mm. And then when he came back, he came back right around his birthday. So we took him to wow. T-Rex Cafe in Kansas. Oh, on it Because we flew there to, uh, or we drove out there to pick him up when he came home. And we were driving home. And so we figured, well, we got to drive through Kansas anyway. Because he was flying into Kansas, and we would stop at T-Rex to celebrate Tyler's birthday, and he thought the whole trip was for his birthday. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. But that's also, you know, when you think about, um, you know, the the family serving, I I don't know how much of that really hits home, how much really that, whoever's left at home taking care, because now women can be deployed, right? And so the husband is at home with the kids. I don't think you realize, like, how much that the whole family is serving. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not just thank you to whoever was actively Mm -hmm. serving. It's to that family, too, because 
you're alone for that long with children, with children with disabilities. Like that yeah. is uh, above and beyond. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. So when he comes home. Well, unfortunately, when they're deployed, especially for the Army, and trust me, I loved when he got to have his R&R. They get two weeks of R&R, right, usually in the middle of their deployment. Okay. Which means they get to come home for two weeks out of that year they're gone. It's a wonderful thing to have them come home. Do you have, like, the honey-do list from hell? <laughs> no, actually, that that's the one thing I didn't do. A lot of wives will, though. I they'll bet. have, you know, yeah, this you all has get to get done. finished while you're home because it can't be done any other time, you know. <laughs> um, I did not have those for, for Brian, but it's hard for the boys. They loved that he was home, but it was two weeks flies by so fast. Yeah. And then he has to leave again. Oh. And that, I was like... You know, after going through it the first time when he was deployed, I, we both talked, is it worth going mm. through it the second time, you know, when he deployed to Afghanistan? Yeah. And, you know, it was one of those, well, I guess we need to see when it's going to be because Tyler was going to be graduating high school. Mm. And we we're like, you know, if you're going to be still downrange um, before he graduates, then maybe you take R&R for graduation so okay. you could at least be there. Because for us, that was a a big milestone for Tyler. Yeah. So, you know, we were willing to have him hold off taking his R&R as long as possible just so that he could be there for that. Um, but it, it it can be hard. And, yeah, people all the time, because we're real big. I go in, hey, you offer a military discount? And they're like, uh, yeah, you know, need to see your ID. And I'll show them my military ID. And they're like, oh, thank you for your service. And I'm like, well, it was my husband. And they're like, um, no, you, but sir, you, 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 did, you did stuff service too. too. Yeah. You for know, sure. but for me, I don't look at it that necessarily the same way just because I was here doing what I had to do. Well, yeah, but he can't yeah. be doing what he you know. has to do if I wasn't doing exactly, what I was doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you should just thank you. Oh, I know. I've kind because, of, Brian's told me just say thank you and go on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody that's listening, if anybody in your family has served, thank you for their service because, uh, listening to this, I'm, you know, sometimes, especially when you have little ones, like uh, you need that relief of having a partner there. Oh, yeah. You know, to just give you an emotional break, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and it's hard for any of the spouses because there are a lot of women now that deploy as yeah. well. And their husbands are left back to be mom. Um, and that's a different role for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's hard for them, too, just as easily as it is for me for when Brian was gone. Yeah. Um, but the one thing you have to really be is independent. Yes. You have to be independent. If you're not independent, then Ooh, can't do it. this life is not for you. <laughs> um, I've had friends who are like, well, I my husband's got to do that. My husband's got to call and make that. My husband's got to call and make that appointment. Mm. And I'm like, um, what? <laughs> really? Right? What does that feel like? I'm like, why? I'm like, are you kidding? He can't call and make that appointment you know unfortunately when brian was downrange there was a few things that came up Mm -hmm. that i had to let him know was going on back here um that then he had to make a few phone calls um from over there that i wish he would have never had to make but they were that serious Mm -hmm. um and so that was you know but it's different because it's more of an emergent type thing yeah and not just a hey, I need you to call and make an appointment for the plumber to come out tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, you right, pick up the right. phone and call and 
make the have the plumber come out tomorrow right i don't think the 14 hour or 18 hour whatever the time difference yeah. is i don't even remember anymore but wow. yeah so. so when he's out there and you're you know and you're talking to the other spouses as a support system um how often are you getting to talk to him actually well, it depends on which deployment. The first deployment mm. when he was in Iraq, yeah, we maybe got to talk on the phone for ten minutes every three to four weeks. Oh my gosh! And we get <gasps> maybe one or two emails a week because of where he was at, because he was on the um, Afghan or on the Afghan, the Iraqi Iran border. Oh, um, in the northern Oof. territory where the Iran Iraq war took place. Yeah. So the internet and the phone capabilities out there was not good. Um, and it was early on. I mean, that was 2008 uh, time frame. Okay. So they, and their base was very small, mm. um, not very many people there. Uh, but then when he went to Afghanistan, he was at a larger base. He was at Kandahar, mm. um, which is a very large base. Yeah. And they had phone systems set up, the USO did. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to call once or twice a week. Wow. Um, Crazy. It wow, was. so much. Well, and we could FaceTime with him because he actually had internet. Uh, he had internet in his room. Nice. Um, we paid for it, but it was worth paying for because then we could we to see him. We could see him. On a regular, We yeah. could uh, Skype with him. So nice. I've got pictures Aww. for like at Christmas. We would have <laughs> our Christmas at an hour where he was actually up. Yeah. So our Christmas might not have been until, you know, might have been in the middle of the night because yeah. that's when he was up. Right. And I have him on a laptop. You see the computer sitting there and Aww. Brian's on the screen and the boys are on both sides of it with their thumbs up. Ah! You know, like a group picture. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, at Easter, we set him at the kitchen table because yeah. then he stayed up so that he could sit at the table with us before we ate Easter dinner. And, you know... He was sitting at the table. You know, I had the laptop at the table so where he could see everything, wow. you know. And um, But that, it was easier because we could see him more yeah. and talk to him more mm -hmm. than it was the first time he was deployed. So uh, I, you so you hear oftentimes about um, military marriages not making it. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I could totally see where that breakdown would happen because if you're only mm -hmm. getting to talk once every month yeah to your well spouse. even like, for for what? uh people in the navy you know because they're out there on on the boats the mm -hmm. big boats the big ships yeah my brother was in the um navy. they have phones but those ships are so massively huge mm -hmm. and there's so many people yep that it's not like they can just go and call whenever they want yeah you know there's there's a a, a way about it you know, right that there's a time that people get a chance um, the same two people may not see each other their entire time on their on that boat because they're so large. Yeah, you know um, their entire time out at sea. Um, so yeah, it it is. It's difficult if you don't talk to them, and it can become very worrisome for yeah. people if they're watching the news and they hear the name of the base where they were at. So yeah. say you know when Kent when Brian was at Kandahar, Kandahar was a Kandahar and Kabul were a hot topic on the news. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's why I when know that. When Brian name. was constant yeah. talk about Kandahar. Yeah, when Brian was deployed, yep. it was a constant talk. And with what his job was, when he was there, you know, I'm like, I knew not to listen 
to the news because if I would have, I would have been a basket case. Because if I would have known he was supposed to call on Monday at 2 o'clock, but I didn't hear from him and Monday came and went and Tuesday came and went, Wednesday came and went, Yeah. then you're thinking, oh my gosh, did something happen to him? You know, and Oof. you can't you can't immediately go there. You yeah. have to tell yourself, nope, they're just busy, or the phones are down right now, or because if big things did happen, they would turn the phones off. Oh, great! They would turn That's them off. Helpful. Well, they didn't want I know. one to call and say, oh, did you know so and so got yeah. hurt or this unit got hit, and because that, believe it or not, the army is in any of the branches are very small. Yeah, and that little telephone call would have blown up oh, so wow. much. Yeah, that you know it's, they can't risk it. They can't risk it because it would have went from somebody had a hangnail to somebody was you know run over by a tank and it didn't even happen. Yeah, you know <laughs> I mean it, it blows up that much. Wow, and so it's like playing the the game telephone. Yeah, you know, where oh you for sure. Whisper yeah, by the thing. time by the time it gets back, yeah. yeah, it's something entirely different. It is so. If you could offer advice to, uh, you know, um, husbands or wives in the situation of their spouse being deployed, what would you offer? Well, actually, I have had to do that recently because um, one of our son's friends, his sister recently got married and her husband is in the Navy station in California Mm. and she is still here and they're young. Mm-hmm. You know, and she grew up, her her dad was in the military, so she has a little bit of knowledge of what it was like, but her dad retired around the time that she started school, oh. so she didn't have to do the, all the moving around yeah. type stuff, um, which I think in some ways it helped and hurt my boys, um, and so for her, she doesn't know, and because she wants to stay here to finish her schooling because he's going to get deployed. Yeah. Um, and I just told her, I said, you need to find one or two really good friends in California. You know, I said, because if you're going to go out there, you need to have somebody. Yeah. You know, I said, and the best time is if you go out now while your husband's there and you meet maybe some of his friends that have spouses, um, get into their family readiness groups, which trust me, I was not, was not a fan of the family readiness group because unfortunately depending well it's not even depending on what branch you're in it's any branch it's rank run ah and when i mean that it's yeah uh if you're enlisted you're treated one way and if you're an officer's wife you're treated another Mm. um me and my me and brian kind of broke that stereotype when in our family readiness group and i hope that others are kind of following suit after seeing it works um, there is a reason they don't like them to fraternize together. However, if the wives are going to wear their husband's rank, then they might, they're prepared to be by themselves because they're not treating everybody the same. Mm. But I told her, get into the family readiness group so she has somebody to communicate with. And if yeah. she was going to stay here, yes, she has her friends here and she has her parents here, and that's great. But she also needs to take time and Go out there, see him, meet some of his friends, meet some of their wives, so she can kind of get that bond with some of the other families. 
Right. And someone that knows exactly what she's going through exactly. as she's going through mm-hmm. it and can relate in a different way. That's probably yeah. really helpful. Well, and I've told her, you know, I'm here anytime that, you know, she wants to talk. Brian wasn't in the Navy. I have friends who were in the Navy. Um, my cousin's son is in the Navy right now. So, you know, we talk with them pretty frequently. But in general, any branch of the military is going to be the same when it comes time for a deployment. Because it's all the same. They're still gone. Doesn't yeah. matter if you're an Air Force person, an Army person, yeah. the Marines. Your spouse is not here. That's right. So, yeah. you know, that's that's the thing. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and talking okay. to me today about this. Like I said, we'll have her on again because she's got lots to talk about. But um, for anyone out there whose spouse is in the military, thank them on our behalf for their service because... Um, you know, freedom is not free. And be there for them. Yeah. Be there for them. Because believe it or not, they're not going to say, I'm having a hard day. Yeah. They're not going to say, hey, can you watch my kid for a couple hours so I can just take a nap? You know, just get some space. Just yeah. be their friend and say, hey, let me take your kid for a few hours for a play date. And you can go to the grocery. You can take a nap, whatever. You know, take them dinner so they don't have to worry about how it's going to get cooked. Yeah. I mean, those are the things, Small that, things they, that help. Yeah. yeah. They don't they don't necessarily need you to be there for them to cry on their shoulder. You know, they just might small things. Yeah. But instead, they need a friend who's just going to be there to see that they might need a, a, a minute to themselves. Right. And know? kindness is free, guys. Kindness oh, yeah. is free. You Always. can offer it. If, if you give some out today, there'll be more. Always. In a little bit, right? It's it's always there. So I, I like to always tell it, the boys that, that kindness costs nothing. It costs nothing. It comes back to you tenfold. Yeah. And even if it doesn't, you know you know that what you did came from the goodness of your heart. And that's what's important. But we thank you guys for listening. Hey, maybe you have a story that you want to tell on here. I would love to hear it. Please get a hold of me at whatsyourorigin23 at gmail. But in the meantime, you guys have a blessed week. And to all the military out there, thank you so much, you guys, for your service. Rhonda, any last words? Not really. Just, you know, have a good week. All right, guys. All weekend, because it's Thursday. Woo-hoo. <laughs> we'll be back soon. Thank you so much.